Hey dorks, just a quick message reminding you to head over to twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast and give us a follow. We live stream when we record our new podcast episodes and we're live streaming video game sessions on Saturday nights at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. We're playing super rad stuff like Among Us, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, Jackbox Games, and Tabletop Simulator. Come hang out and play along with us. That's twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast. Mind Gap Podcast. Welcome to Mind Gap Podcast, everybody. I'm Doug. I'm Justin. And joining us this week is none other than three-peat guest, Mind Gap All-Star, actor, comedian, friend. Please welcome Jamie Yates. Thanks. Thanks, guys. I've always wanted to be injured by school children to, to something I'm performing in, so... Um, Dream accomplished. Thank you. There you go. We're so happy to have you back. Thank you. It's really glad to be back. Um, It's really glad to be back is not a word I meant. I'm really glad to be back. I sometimes talk about myself in the third person and refer to myself as a man. No, we're off to a really good start. I'm really glad to be back. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Um, You know, this is your third time back, like I said, and it's uh, I think it's too few times, if I might add. It's always a blast having you on here. Oh, uh, you know, um, I love being on because honestly, I don't really have a lot of podcaster friends, but I feel like I have so many friends that appreciate podcasts and I always wanted to know more about like how, how people get into it. And then to see the evolution of where mind gap started to where we are now. I mean, you have lights, you have sound, <laughs> you have a global reach. It's really, really cool. Oh God, uh, the first the first time you were on was super early and we were sitting at my kitchen table in my apartment. And then oh, the second right. time you were on, we were in the basement of an ele- of the Elephant and Castle and now, yeah. Now we're all over the internet. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like our trilogy has really taken us to a lot of different worlds. Uh and this one is <laughs> this one is the most challenging by far. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'd say without a doubt. I mean, I think you were originally in the episode in the 30s, maybe something like that. Low, so early on, and then episode you, 22, actually. 22. There we go. Episode 22, and then you were in around when Captain Marvel came out. So whenever that was, and yeah, now was here you so are, episode 273. I mean, we've come so far. Yeah, yeah um, I'm super stoked. I'm, there's there's so much going on and yet nothing going on. So it's this weird <laughs> feeling of I have so much to talk about, but nothing is really happening, right? So I feel like I'm one of those people that, here's my take, here's my hot take. I feel like the MCU, I feel like uh, really anything comic book related has kind of gone the way of QAnon, but from nerds, because literally anything that we get, we just spin it into these like crazy conspiracy theories and build these wild worlds that most likely are not going to happen. I'm one of those people. I am a nerd QAnon. That is the best way I think I've ever heard that put. Hands yes. hands down. It's so nerd true. QAnon. Honestly, nerds in in general, especially when it comes to comic book movies, like the 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 deep dark holes, 
that we will go down yeah. or it's scary it's terrifying um, and the hills yeah. that people are willing to die on to defend their theories <laughs> right. too and it's yeah. like you don't even know if that's happened yet yeah so yeah very very interesting stuff it's pretty wild to say the least but before we get into that couple of housekeeping things yeah. uh first things first if you guys don't already follow us on spotify we're there just just search us find us you can listen to us there as well as some other places your apple podcasts your 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 stitchers all that good stuff also uh join our discord server um if you're watching us live on twitch we've got a banner right down below just click on that come join our server come hang out uh we talk a bunch of silliness we do a bunch of nerd stuff uh we play games together Come hang out with us. Join the community. Be a part of it. Uh, also, if you don't know, we do a video game stream every Saturday night at 8 p.m. Central Time uh, at twitch.tv slash mindgappodcast. Last Saturday, uh, we went back into the dungeon. We played some Dungeons & Dragons, the fantasy board game, and uh, Justin and the Dungeon mm. Karens had a real heck of a time. It got really, It got really dicey there, didn't it? It it did the uh, the beginning of the next adventure uh, started off with a with a bang. There was like I think ten ten villains. That, what do you call them? Are they villains? Foes? What are they? I, Monsters? Not, I mean, I'm not in it enemies. Yet. I'm still working in it. Um, yeah, we had we had bad people. Um, I'm still tripped up by Dungeon Karens. Did you say Dungeon Karens? That's their yeah. name. That's their that's their party name. They're the Dungeon Karens. We walk in and we immediately demand to talk to the dungeon master. Yep. <laughs> they they complain a lot sure. about the rules. They're like, "Hey, I don't think that's that's real." I'm like, "That's real." They're like, "No." We challenge Doug on almost matching. every. Yeah. Yeah. We challenge. They get Doug matching asymmetrical haircuts and everything. That's exactly mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So uh, they were they yeah. were coined the dungeon Karens. So, uh, but you guys you guys survived Adventure Five. You headed into Adventure Six. You eliminated. All of the enemies. So yeah, you there did were so. there was a ridiculous amount, and it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So uh, we're look, we're very much looking forward to doing that again in a couple weeks. So that'll be really good. We also have a stream this Saturday. I haven't decided what game yet. I don't know. I'm trying to rack my brain, figure out what's what. So we'll see. I so. vote solitaire, but solitaire, the game that me. everyone wants to watch me play, is solitaire. Right. So. Woo! 8 p.m. Central Saturday, uh, twitch.tv slash podcast. Be sure to check that out. And more importantly, this Friday, this very Friday, November the 20th, The Quarantine Files, the next episode, episode seven, comes out starring <laughs> the one and only Jamie Yates. Jamie, what was it like? What was it like making this episode? Um, it was a really different experience. Uh, I've actually never been my own scene partner before. Uh, should we spoiler alert? <laughs> like, tell yeah, little go ahead. Yeah. What the... Okay. Uh, so uh, it's a murder mystery with many wacky, crazy characters, all of which I play. Um, and I, I, I am glad to say that I invested in new wigs uh, happily because of it. Um, so thank you for giving that excuse to me to really, uh, really dive in. <laughs> yeah, um, it was it was a really fun experience. Also, I've never uh, had someone direct me virtually before, but it was really crazy. The the setup that we had was basically we had like three computers uh, like stationed around the room. So I had like I had like Justin in surround sound kind of telling yeah, me what to was, do. It was it was neat. 
it was very weird because yeah, like you would like I had to remember which camera I was. I'm like, okay, so that's this coverage of the room. That's this coverage, and trying to figure out, and not not only that, but the fact that she played five different character, uh, two, three, four, five different characters. Yeah, wow, uh, it was just something spectacular. You have to witness it. It's something. I, something I'm amazing. pretty stoked. I'm pretty yeah. stoked about it. I uh, I I never really imagined how the full thing would come to look and I am beyond pleased. I think it's Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. It's the thing is like in doing the these this series, it's really hard to explain it until you see it and yeah. specifically having the actors understand like it's really cuz you have to put yourselves in it and it like so it's doubly as hard cuz you've got to try to comprehend it and then also be in the thing that you kind of sort of comprehend and it's it's just hard to really fully wrap your head around it until you see an episode come together. Yeah, I think that was one of the hardest things for me to, was to remember back because what we had to do with all those different characters is like, we didn't go in the order of a scene the way it normally happens. Um, so I would get dressed as a character and I would do all of the lines, all of the scenes as that character and then move on to the next character, do all the lines, all the scenes. Well, there's a lot of, a lot of dialogue. So I had to kind of remember like where I was looking and what emotion I had and stuff like that, which was new to me. Um, so I did my best. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. I, I will say Justin and the whole team really were very generous with the cuts to make it look like I knew what I was doing. So thank you for that. Well, I would say this is one of our more complicated episodes and we were very insistent that you be in the complicated one because we knew you could carry it. So oh, it you. goes, it cuts both ways. You, you, you nailed this one. So I'm very, very pleased with it. Well, thank you. That's very generous. I had a blast doing it. An absolute blast. So that comes out this Friday. It's going to be episode seven of The Quarantine Files. It's our murder mystery one, and you won't want to miss it. I can't wait to see it because I don't get to see these in advance because I, you know, am what they call a leaky boat. I let stuff out, you know. <laughs> That's what Justin that calls what me. He calls me the leaky boat. boat. He's That's, like, don't, yep. don't, don't give Doug anything. He's a leaky boat. He's a leak. That old leaky boat Cochran. You mm -hmm. know him. Yeah. yeah. I'm still imagining you in just like an all yellow slicker, but just like just Go standing in. your ground on this boat. You know what I mean? Like I put this hole in this boat. I'm going to go down with it. You know, I just feel like very <laughs> insistent on your hole that you're very protective over, but still the boat. I don't know. I'm painting all well, these I mean, pictures in my head. It well, just say, we all float down here. You know, just, you know, all that sort of stuff. My, oh no. <laughs> I knew it was coming, and yet I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't expect that veracity of uh, sound to come at me. But uh, well done. Thank you. Well done. Thank yeah. you. We've upgraded our podcast. I'm so proud of you guys. Right? Oh That's all God. I wanted to hear. I just wanted to hear here. You're proud that of validation. us. Now you can pack it up. Now you can go home. Woo! You know what I mean? Money be damned. Right. We just needed approval. That's we just needed to get to 273 and have Jamie approve us. Yes. <laughs> Dual oh. moment says a new word alert. Veracity. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for your contribution. The Drew. only time that word will ever be used on Mind Gap. Yep, that's exactly <laughs> correct. As opposed to alacrity, which gets used all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, with great alacrity. Mm. I, you know, it's funny. I, the way I learned that was I was watching a Janine Garofalo uh, stand up special, and I was like, you keep repeating that word. It must mean something. So I looked it up, and that's how I learned words. <laughs> From Janine <laughs> Garofalo? By, you know, like, 
Yeah. <laughs> she, was, uh, she was very informational that day. I don't know why I decided to offer that information, but that's that's where I felt like, um, yeah, I got information that day. That's that's how we get to know you better, and that's mm-hmm. how the audience feels that connection. Yeah, right? You get yeah, it. Yeah, I'm obsessed with stand-up specials. I don't know what it is, but they're, like, soothing. They're kind of like heroin to me, you know, just very, like, zen out, you know? Although, when you, when you see a bad one, you're like, oh, it's like nails on a chalkboard. So it's very much one way or another. I need yeah. to learn educational things and feel like I'm on heroin. Or you're dead to me. Yeah, right? I guess it's, what's, uh, one of your, what's one of your favorite stand-up specials? Ooh. Um, anything by Eddie Izzard. I love all of his, I love all of his okay. stuff. He's one of my absolute favorite comedians. Um, I'm obsessed with English comedian, comedians, so Sarah Millican is also really, really good. You're obsessed you with English familiar. stuff in general. As long as I've known you, you're yeah. just like, you know. It just, oh, it's a bit why. of a whiffle, isn't it? You know, you're always just talking like that, you know? <laughs> I don't mean to. Maybe I'm possessed by, like, maybe I'm possessed by some ghost who, like, didn't get to live their life. Because when I, I didn't have this, like, uh, English obsession um i studied abroad a couple years ago but then i came back and was very much obsessed with it maybe i picked up a ghost in that time and there's just like they're just like living their life through me and so it just comes out without me knowing and, well do you remember tracks yeah do you remember or a couple years ago squirrel, right doug of course because ghosts are really just squirrels let's face it hot take i like it see i really want to see it. it i want to see a show about that right well i pitched it to justin he didn't want to hear it so you, you know you know what i said to that hmm. That is no. what he said. That is legitimately. That is actually an audio clip from that moment. That is yes. what he said. Yes. Um, Jamie, do you remember a couple of years ago, uh, you and I were working together, and there was a talent show, and you and I were going to do a bit <laughs> in the show. <laughs> oh yeah. That was based oh, also yeah. on a British show as well, a British comedy. Which, by the way, I uh, I went I went and found it so I could have context for what we were about to do, and I was just like, man, Jamie has very specific tastes, you know. It's very. Can, I appreciate yeah. it. Can you share what show this was? Vicar of Dibley. It was Vicar of the Dibley. Vicar so it's of... Don French. The Vicar of Dibley, yeah. So Don French is a vicar in this countryside town, and hilarity ensues. Um, so have you ever heard of, like, French and Saunders? Uh, she's uh, that half of it. No. Uh, she's the, the French half. Um, and then <laughs> okay. she's also in a lot of the – so Prisoner of Azkaban, she was the fat lady. In the, in the, oh, in the portrait. Bigger, in the portrait, yes. Um, I know. So, yeah, so you so, super recognizable. Um, anyway, she's hysterical, and the the bit was um, a silent bit, um, and it, it's it's great. I highly recommend it. I forget the episode title, but it's the episode where she does uh, some radio show for a benefit, and she meets a ballerina, and then they bring. Um, I want to say it's some sort of uh, benefit talent show back to her town. And she does this bit with uh, the ballerina and it's hilarious because obviously she's not a dancer. Uh, I just have to see, but highly encourage right. you to check I'll, it out. I'll have to look that up. Our Australian fan says the Vicar of Dibley is, is fucking fantastic. So he gets it. So yeah. Thanks 100%. Jared. <laughs> yeah, that Thanks, was Jared. fun. That was really fun because uh, when you told me the bit, I was like, oh, this could be really funny, but the stage didn't lend itself to really allow us to do it because the whole point was there's a a reveal. And uh, if you see see the reveal beforehand, it's not funny. And the the stage wasn't hidden in any way, shape, or form. So Jamie's like, we can't do this. I was like, ah, it's too bad because that would have been fun. Gotta save it. 
Yeah. Gotta save yeah. it. Because you all Plus, don't know this, yes. but Jamie's Jamie, how tall are you? Like five eight? Five nine? How tall are you? God, I wish. I wish. Um, I am eight five. No. Um <laughs> I am five three is what my license says. So I'll okay. go with that. She's five three. I'm <laughs> around six three, six four. So the height disparity was gonna make for some really good physical comedy. So Absolutely. And I would have been wearing yeah. a tutu, so which also would have made it even equally funny. So I'm very that was the first really? thing. That's, that was the first the thing you reason. said to me. You're like, "How comfortable are you wearing a tutu?" I'm like, "What do you What do you want me to do?" You know, I was like, "I'm in." You know, <laughs> it's a great pitch. He didn't even. He didn't have any any like anything to say. He was like, "Well, we're not. he just immediately right. went all in. He was like, "What are we doing?" He's like, "Tell so me more." That yeah. I that that energy I appreciate, and I got to tell you, it's very rare. So uh, I I do hope one day some circumstance opens up where people can be in the same room again. And also we get to do that bit because I think yes. it'd be hilarious. Well, I'll say this much. I've, I've always been sad that you and I never performed together. Like I was always like, mm. I bet Jamie would be so much fun to do improv with or something like that. And I don't know if, I don't know if I may have lost my old sea legs uh, in the improv ship, you know, cause I'm a little uh, leaky same. boat over here, <laughs> but uh, you know, it'd be fun to uh, at some point that'd be fun. I'd, I'd really, cause you were just a delight to watch. You're a delight Aww. to, your performances are great. You and I would sit and talk for hours about comedy at work, and yes. it was the I best mean, time ever. Myself, please, please. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. Right. See, no, I also, it truly was. It truly yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. And, and, and here's the thing too: is like you used to have a hard time accepting compliments, and I can tell you've improved on that. Listen to you, just accepting them, grace, you know, just graciously. You know, everyone, let's yeah. just let's just say thank you, Jamie. Thank you for being who you are. This is great. Right, everyone well, in the yeah, comments, everyone writes something good about Jamie. Yeah, Compliment just right now. Sometime. Everyone we'll just, just say yeah. something that you've heard so far. Let's, we'll read them out as they come in. And, yeah. you know, we'll just we'll My really. Worst nightmare, guys. <laughs> 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 like, some sort of like comment in mass about me specifically. I can't. My my butthole is outside the door right now. Just well, Jared took it very literally. Yeah. He said something good about Jamie. Jared, you are now fired. You may leave right. now. That's Jared. <laughs> Can I tell you what really helped me? What really sure. helped me with, with taking compliments is I, I saw an interview with Nick Offerman, which really was very impactful for me because he said he was also that kind of person where he, you know, would always throw praise to another person or, uh, you know, like kind of like shelter himself away from any kind of conversation around it. So um, he basically kind of gave himself the room to say, thank you very much. It's very generous of you. And, and kind of, be very open and, and appreciative about it and not try to make self-judgments about it. And that's been a very long struggle for me to be able to do that. So thank you. It's very generous of you to notice. I appreciate it. Dull Moment says, uh, I said during filming, we could have had an entire episode of her just reacting to things. So there you go. Yeah, uh, that was really fun too. At the very end, <laughs> Drew was like, how about we just begin? Just reactions, just react, just react. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> he like cues comments he was like no just go for it so i was like all right uh, that was that was real fun i didn't realize i don't think i'd ever really been given that freedom to do that before so that was pretty fun that's awesome that's yeah. so cool oh can i tell you that's one something other thing you can put on your special skills reactions your resumes mm -hmm. reactions yeah yeah <laughs> i would need maybe like a like a small reel so if you're willing justin to provide me like a quick reel like a to um, highlight all I need is the reactions because you know you make a whole career off of that apparently. Absolutely. Keenan Thompson has. I mean and we all and we all love him for it. 
yeah, as soon as we went into the talkies, really a lot of opportunities <laughs> went down for those that would really go into the expressions. But I like to think that those opportunities are coming back. So uh, crossed, you know. I hear the talkies, it just sounds like so like such a pejorative term. It's just like when the talkies got here, you know. It's like yeah. like dang. Sounds like it's racist or something. Well, those times were pretty ripe. <laughs> I mean, so, you know when that was, right? Connected. It was the yeah, 20s, not... so. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yep. <laughs> A lot of things were not okay. <laughs> Based on our conversations earlier, you, you, you know, I, I'm the same page. Speaking of conversations, are you ready for the next phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Oh my god, I love your segues. Absolutely, you. I'm ready. Yeah. Um, been ready. Yeah. I think just like everyone. So, um, real I, quick, real quick, end game, how to make you feel. Ooh, all of the feelings. I feel like because I've watched it so many times, it's it's been such a evolution of feelings because I had the visceral experience the first time uh, in the theater, thankfully, in kind of a smaller theater than I would have expected uh, or uh, than I would have liked. I really love the big theater to like have that collective gasp and all that is just like, oh, that's such an amazing feeling. Um, But yeah, it was one of those things that I can't really articulate. I'm not great with words anyway, but I can't really articulate. But uh, I feel like as I watched it over and over again, I got shreds of that in other movies um, and like at different points in the movie, which I thought was really neat. I love, I personally love movies and universes of movies that give me those moments uh, over and over again in new ways. So the long-winded answer is, I think it, it was great. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's great. I this, That was one of the movies that like Natalie wanted to watch like all the time. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. who, who am I going to tell you? No, like, and uh, same thing. Like, there's just still moments like the, the the cold open with Hawkeye still gives me chills. Yeah. Like, whenever time I watch it, and then of course yeah. you get Cap getting the hammer. You know, you got Iron Man snapping. Like, there's just there's mm. so many just phenomenal moments in that movie, and it's just yeah. like it's the best. It was so good. And um, you know, yeah. after that, I'm actually glad there's been a, a break from it because I personally needed a break from the Marvel universe. I was like, let's all just take a breath and we'll just sort of let this breathe mm-hmm. for a bit. And I know they planned on doing that and Black Widow was originally supposed to come out, you know, uh, earlier this year and it's been delayed till next year. And I'm like, you know what? I'm glad it's delayed even more. Like, let's just let it breathe some more. Let's like, let's let it, let's just soak this in, have a nice pause before we hop into whatever's coming down the road. Yeah. And it really makes me wonder, though, because I feel like there were some things that maybe could have come out in November or even December ahead of Black Widow. So now I'm very curious why they're sticking to that specific order. That's the thing that's got my ears perked up. And I know they want to really focus on Black Widow, but I think it's weird that Black Widow currently is scheduled to come out the same day as Shang-Chi. Is that right? That, I think that was a, the most that recent? Was a typo in that article because in the actual write-up okay. of that, it says uh, it's got a different date listed for Shang-Chi. Still, though, I think it's very interesting that they have them so close. Yes. They're packing a lot in. Like, yeah, no doubt. I think that's the, the, other, the other side of it is, like, we've gone so long having such a drought 
that I feel like it's going to be such an overload right. uh, and in such a new direction too, because we've lost Cap. We've lost, sorry, spoiler alert, um, <laughs> Captain America right. um, kind of died of old age. Um, and then Iron Man, I mean, we're, we've lost so many tenants of that whole first wave, that first 10 years. Right. Now, not only are we really shining a light on so many new characters, we're, characters, we're getting introduced to so many new characters and the direction of phase four all right, here's my hat take. Play it on us. I think personally, I think personally, WandaVision is going to do the opposite of House of M. And because here's one of my favorite theories is because there were four pulses of like, you know, the snaps and stuff like that for like gamma radiation things. I think it would be mm. really cool if because in the comics she was born a, a mutant and like became powerful. In the MCU, she got it from uh, uh, from one of the one Loki of the stones. Staff. I feel like, yeah, from one of the stones. I feel like they're still going to connect the genes somehow to the mutants, and then bring in that uh, that four snaps and basically have her bring mutants in to the universe, and that's going to be part of her snap, like mentally, because I'm still a little curious as to how much that they've shown us is going to appear in that first episode versus across the entire series. You know what I mean? So I feel like as much as they've given us in those trailers, just how much of that is in the first episode. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So how can we really know? You're positing that potentially they might, they might, what they've showed us in the teasers, they might be front loading that into the first episode to kind of go through this like ripping reality apart thing. And then we settle into a more traditional esque storytelling line i don't know i think it really could be way more compelling to see it go back and forth between like uh the way far out of reality like old sitcom style and then her bouncing back between real life because i think with like monica rambeau coming in and obviously sword coming in like there's gonna be flips back to like here's Kind of a grounding of what reality is you right. know what i mean and like yeah. the characters who are grounded you know it's hard to like say verbiage that kind of doesn't you know align to what we think but i mean that's like a word vomit way of saying uh i think she's going to not only bring in mutants um by kind of like sealing the fate of those four snaps and the gamma radiation and waking the gene up of mutants but i think also because she's showing up in um in a couple of later movies, I mean, I mean, Multiverse of Madness is going to be kind of potentially making her a villain or at least an obstacle. Maybe she might be the way that Blade comes in and the Dark Universe with like a million possibilities because of that. So, like, I feel like there's a multitude of things that she's going to be responsible for, universe-wise. Yeah, I I'm very excited for the idea of the multiverse, just because of you know I think. Things like uh, Into the Spider-Verse like really could, could just gave yeah. us a great idea of what's possible. And the idea that potentially Tobey Maguire, uh, the other one in the middle, his name's escaping me at the moment, Andrew, Andrew Garfield. Andrew, Andrew Garfield. And, uh, yeah. uh, wow, and the most recent one. Tom Holland. Thank you. Uh, the fact that all three of them could potentially be in a Spider-Man movie uh, is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Um, the, I, Even I, though I'm, Sony's leaned in very hard to that not happening. 
Of course, because Sony always has to be difficult because they're a bunch <laughs> of assholes. Um, you know, it's one of I those things. I think a lot of stuff like that could be public plays too. You yeah. know, to be like, we're going to put this out in public. We and want money. You know, it, so. yeah, yeah, they're real, mm-hmm. real assholes about that. <laughs> Slotty says Andrew Garfield is the Timothy Dalton of Spider Man's. I disagree with you, sir. Andrew Garfield was great. The stories were boring. For those Spider-Man yeah. films. Toby Maguire, Toby Maguire is the Roger Moore. <laughs> Shots oh fired! My. I'm sticking with it. I feel like because of all the flips, uh, Tom Holland's de- definitely got to be the Daniel Craig, right? Like, he's all, he's yeah. so Hands down, physical. yes. Yeah. yeah, of course. Okay. And yeah. then uh, at Noah Reno <laughs> says, Garfield is the Timothy Dalton of Cats. Thanks, Noah. <laughs> We're getting real meta in the chat right now. I was about to say, we're really going off on a tangent. I love it. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I, Go ahead, Justin. I was going to say, like, <clears throat> this this break has definitely cooled me down on the on the Marvel train. Like, felt like we were running, like, we were hitting, we were redlining for a while. It was just like, mm. we're doing two movies a year, now three movies a year. We're rushing right into the, like, it was just nonstop Marvel. Consume, consume, consume. And I feel like I've definitely cooled a little bit and like it's it's brought it's brought the you know I've, i'm not as revved up about it anymore but hearing you talk mm-hmm. about the possibilities i'm starting to feel that same like tingling in my stomach like well maybe they could they could connect like it's starting it's starting those those synapses i got you on nerd q yeah, i got you did. my synapses are firing i'm all sorts of getting it's like when you get your sugar in it, you get all nimbly bimbly you know <laughs> <laughs> i just like because i I was at the fever pitch because I knew we were building towards Infinity War and then Endgame. Yeah. And I was like, I want to see this 11 years come together, you know, in this amazing finale. And it was great. And when it was done, I was like, whatever happens after this is gravy. They've achieved phenomenal things at this point in time. And I'm just like, I'm over it. Like, I, I, I felt good. And now I'm like, I'm curious because uh Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is the one I think I'm most looking forward to because I love Doctor Strange. Like I've I just I think his whole world is fascinating and what he's capable of is interesting and the idea of exploring the multiverse I feel like is a smart play because it allows you to retcon things if you want. It allows you to introduce the concepts of mutants like you said. Maybe that's in a separate universe or something like that or whatever the the possibilities now are very available to mm. look at other things um you know i know they're going to do a series on disney plus called what if you know situate you know like that'll be interesting uh take a look at different concepts um and whatnot and i love the idea of sort of these shows because it's what i think ron howard originally wanted to do with the dark tower which was have a movie mm-hmm. And then have a TV show that bridged the gap between movies and then do another movie. And I feel like they're able to kind of do this now. Like, they'll have, you know, uh, Falcon and uh, Bucky and the Winter Soldier. You know, you've got the Loki show. You've got Wanda and Vision. You've got Hawkeye. You've got all these shows that are going to be happening. Sort of looking at the aftermath of everything that's happened. I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of did that to a certain extent, too, as allowed to, exp- to explore these different things. So I think it allows them to explore some of the smaller-scale things and maybe potentially lay the groundwork for whoever the big bad may end up being, you know, in, uh, in the ultimate, uh, the next phase of the MCU. What I think is also interesting is that this is the first time that they have fully been able to integrate the MCU stories into television shows. 
Like they've had the Netflix series, which alluded to the Battle of New York and alluded to the big green guy and like alluded to that stuff. And then you had even closer was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And they got to borrow a little bit more directly, but still up until what was it? um, Civil War or was it Winter Soldier? Like it was the Winter Soldier. Yeah, the first couple seasons were just like very loose and then they got a little tighter, but still never drew like super, super directly from what happened in the films. And now you're getting direct offshoots from the film. So like these branches mm-hmm. connect right up to the main, the main timeline. So I think they're going to get to, to your point, Doug, they're going to get to explore a lot of little, a lot of little offshoots. It's kind of like what we talked about with star Wars, what we wish they'd have done where you're like, great, you've got this main timeline with the you know, all the this story of the Skywalkers we're following, but there is a galaxy of other shit out here. Like Absolutely. let's branch off and just see what random thing is happening over here. Like they're getting to do what Star Wars should have done, basically. Yeah. And I, I feel like to your point, like the way that the direction is going and the possibilities are out there could really tackle a big problem. Honestly, Doug, to your point that I feel like a lot of people have just like superhero movie fatigue. So mm-hmm. now we're going into magic. We're going into alternate universes. We're tackling things like physics. Like, I think that's so exciting because people don't have something else to relate it to. Or if they do, you know, if they're kind of like big Matrix fans, something like that. It's it's such a new take on it and adding like a familiarity to it to kind of bridge it together. So I think that is going to be really exciting to see how they do that. My question is, so like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., for instance, only got good when it really just became its own world and it did deviate, right? So with the TV shows kind of working kind of hand in hand, ideally with the movies, I'm wondering how much the movies are then going to depend on storylines or bring those in. I mean, with WandaVision being a show, right? Because that's what upends my theory is that's a show. And yet we're kind of hinging the entire direction from my theories, uh, hinging the entire direction of uh, potentially the the multiverse on what happens in this show that maybe not everybody is going to see, you know? Yeah. Like the more that the TV shows do pull from the main storyline, the more that the main storyline is then dependent on it's kind of a symbiotic relationship where mm-hmm. you've got to be careful that you, you don't do too much that, People have to consume everything or they just feel left out. Well, I feel like Marvel's done a good job of, of managing that, which I think has to be one of the hardest things in that, you know, you could watch in all these movies by themselves and enjoy them by themselves. Obviously, you won't necessarily get inside jokes or cameos or maybe the end credit sequences or things like that, but you could watch them at any point in time and be like, oh, yeah, I enjoyed that movie. And that's almost like... Mm-hmm. I feel like Endgame isn't as powerful because it pulls on so many like references to everything that came before it that you could watch it and probably be like, sentiment oh, okay. Too. Yeah, mm-hmm. so much sentiment. And there's so many callbacks to so many different things. But you could sit down and watch Ant-Man and the Wasp and enjoy that movie in itself. You could watch Thor Ragnarok, enjoy that movie by itself. But if you watch them all together, there's so much more that's there. There's so much more that you can like play on and enjoy. And I think with these shows, I think they're going to be mostly self-contained. I'm, I'm thinking of things like uh, Winter Soldier and the Falcon, Hawkeye, um, Loki. You know, Loki's going to essentially be. I think that they're really playing heavily into the multiverse, which I think is cool, just to see like all, uh-huh. how all these other things happen. But I think a lot because I think Winter Soldier and the Falcon are going to be essentially uh, going against uh, Zemo. 
Again, I think he's going to break out, and they're basically going to be dealing, which makes sense, like for both of them. So I think they'll be relatively self-contained, and I think they'll be relatively low stakes because, again, I think they will be laying the groundwork for the potential big bad that is now in the universe. Which, who do you think that's going to be? Is it going to be Galactus? I've heard potentially Doom. Like depends on what level of big bad. I feel like there's going to be benchmarks, like an Ultron, mm-hmm. and then a. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's like benchmarks of, of like the big bad leading to, I feel yeah. like Galactus is the big bad, but my concern is like, well, where do you go after that? Yeah. You know? That's true. Ideally, I guess right. that's like 10 years well, they, away, but who knows? <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, in this article somewhere, I'm trying to skim through and find it. They alluded to who they thought might be. God damn. Where was it? Hold, please. Uh, while Justin's looking, Etoy, welcome back, pal. Good to see you. It's been too long. Um, Married with Gaming says Marvel will be able to capitalize on the MCU in a way they couldn't effectively do with the animated stuff. I, you know, I think Marvel's animated stuff really pales in comparison to DC's animated universe. DC just absolutely kills it in their uh, in their world. Like I don't, I don't know. I'll be honest with you, I'm not into either of them. Kind of like. <laughs> Uh, I just came across another bit in this article that I did not realize. Uh, Thor, Love and Thunder. Apparently, Christian Bale is supposed to be mm-hmm. the villain. Yep, that's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. That'll be really interesting. <laughs> that movie is going to be could awesome. Be so many people who it's going to be. Yeah, his his villain status, uh, I think, is really neat. But the direction of who they choose to be his villain. I think is also going to be really telling if Thor is going to stay in the MCU much longer. Yeah, I mean, they could do that. I'm so curious. I'm so interested because you got Natalie Portman coming back as Jane Foster. She's heavily, most likely going to be the female Thor, which I think is a great storyline in the comics where Thor loses. He can no longer wield the, the hammer, which is phenomenal. And other people take on the mantle of Thor, which is really cool. But yeah, I, I'm curious to see how long Hemsworth We'll hang around. I hope he hangs around forever. I love him as Thor. I think he's the best. Uh, but I'm curious to how many of those old gang, you know, are going to hang around <laughs> right. for the well, next like the- years. I'm really surprised that Mark Ruffalo is still around. I mean, without having had his own movie anyway. I mean, I don't right. know if that's what he's sticking around for. He's like, hey, guys. That's, that's very <laughs> unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like with, with Chris Hemsworth, at some point, it's going to be like the guy who just doesn't leave high school. <laughs> like uh, Matthew sure. McConaughey and uh, what was the uh, Fast was Times the original yeah. High? No, <laughs> it's no, just no, like, no. It was. We get it, man. No, no, no. It was Dazed and Confused. That's what it was. Thank you. Yes, that's yeah. what I said. Breakfast Club. There we go. Yeah, American <laughs> yeah, Graffiti. Sixteen right? Candles. We're on the same page. Yeah, <laughs> we're just naming movies. Indiana Ant-Man, Jones. <laughs> Ant Man Three. Speaking of Ant Man Three. They say the big arrival, I found it. The big arrival uh, is Jonathan Majors, who will be playing time-traveling villain Kang the Conqueror, which, uh, whether it's a setup for him to become the MCU's next big bad or just a one-off appearance, is unknown. So they're saying, hypothetically, Kang the Conqueror could be the next big bad as well. Is he going to be in uh, Spider-Man? Is that what that one's going to be? Or where is he supposed uh, to pop? Ant-Man 3. Ant-Man 3. Okay, I, interesting. I feel like he could also make an appearance in Loki because that would make sense if it, if like the theory is, it, it, there's been pictures of him sitting there with like TVA on his jumpsuit that, uh, God, if I'm going to remember this, uh, Time Variance Authority maybe? Something like that, TVA. 
And so they basically hop through time and police people hopping through time. I mean, it kind of is a perfect fit if Kang uh, comes into the show at least a little bit, or at least maybe they kind of allude to it, kind of like a Carmen San Diego. They never catch him, you know? Um, always on the run. <laughs> pieces of shit, you know? <laughs> That's what Carmen used to say. You pieces of shit. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> you know? I've got an Argentina. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. See if you can find me, you know? Like. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I think I'm most excited to see if they what they can do with X-Men because X-Men has been such a goddamn disappointment. It has been from the start. We didn't know it was at the start, but when you look back, you're like, boy, that was rough. And it still is. It makes me so sad the way they've done the Phoenix too. It's like every time, it, that's been like the zenith of when it's the worst. And that's the, one of the <laughs> coolest characters that's one of the coolest parts of x-men i mean besides rogue of course ah i thought you're gonna have jubilee and i'm like well you and justin can be fans you know i do love jubilee rogue has been my uh my number one since day one so um i do have an affinity more for rogue but i still think like what makes her what yeah both for sure i mean like her backstory obviously being southern like i'm like Hey, I, I want to be that character one day. Um, but I think beyond that, I think she has a really complex story because, I mean, ha- this is the thing. not a huge fan of the initial version of her, Anna Paquin, great actress, not a huge fan of her portrayal just because of her, she played her so weak. And so I love Rogue's character because she was constantly at war with herself emotionally to be this like, oh, I'm fun, I'm flirty and thriving and all this kind of stuff. But really, I mean, to not ever touch another human being is a struggle mm-hmm. as we all come to realize. <laughs> they did have, I'll give them. You unwittingly, that was you unwittingly got Sorry. what you were asking for. You're kind of roguish right now, right? You did this. Uh, <laughs> I'm turning gray, you guys. I found like a streak <laughs> of them under there. Maybe, maybe my dreams are coming true. In Join the club, the Jamie. Join the club. Yep. Just get. Well, my whiskers aren't turning gray yet. So. Oh, okay. Good for you. You have to brag yeah, about it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's I agree. The side. That's the side. That, yeah. There was some great. Like they were. It, the, I feel like the the moments that were strongest in the X Men movies, which isn't saying much, were some of those moments with Rogue, with the idea of you know. It's pretty uh, WB, but or CW now, whatever you want to call it, you know, where she's like, I love you, but I can't touch you or I'll hurt you, you know. But the idea uh-huh. of that, right, like, especially, you know, being a young, a young person being like you want to express your affection and you can't because you'll probably kill someone like that's that's a it's it's again, it's the idea. Like, again, I'll go back to this. And, and Jared, you can plug your ears on this man of steel. Uh, one of the best moments, parts about that movie is Superman wants to be himself, but society won't let him because they'll reject him for it. You know, and what truly makes him a hero is at the end of the day, he does it anyway. You know, he's a real hurry. Jared is a huge fan of Superman Returns. It comes up all the time. He's just like, exactly. That's exactly how we feel about (laughs) Superman Returns. Out of curiosity, where do you stand on Superman Returns? Do you like it? Do you nothing it? I don't. I walk out of the room. Oh, nice. Look at that. Look at that, Jared. Not a huge fan. I'm not a not a Superman fan, to be honest. I, I find him very boring. Yeah. <laughs> to be perfectly honest. I feel like uh I, I would I would be more diplomatic than that, but I'm not gonna It's so funny. I think uh I think <laughs> I think it is really neat. One of my favorite speeches of all time is in Kill Bill Two, where he has the speech about like Superman is Superman. 
So I, in that respect, I do think he is unique and very cool for that reason is like, he is who he is. Everybody kind of puts on a cape and they become this thing. Um, yeah. But Superman does stand alone in that respect. So I do think that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's about it. Slotty, uh, <laughs> Slotty goes, I really thought we were going to get, make it through the whole episode. This thing comes up all the time. Superman returns always comes up and he's like, ah, here we go again. <laughs> Superman returns. <laughs> <laughs> I like to get other people's perspective because I remember sure. that movie coming out and I remember hearing a lot of people talk about it. And I remember watching it just being like, huh, I don't feel like much happened in that one. Like, I just remember it being very meh. And I'm in the same boat. Like, I don't typically like Superman, which was why I think Man of Steel resonated with me was I actually felt like I cared about him. And I felt like oh. I, I was like, I felt so sad. You know, this kid could do these amazing things, but was being told, don't do it because people will be afraid of you. And then what makes mm -hmm. him a hero is at the end of the day, he's like, I am going to be a hero, even though the rest of the world will reject me because this is the right thing to do. And uh, mm -hmm. I was like, oh, wow. And maybe it just took me that long to get Superman. But all the other Supermans, like with the Christopher Reeves ones, I was just like, eh, I'm not really, I'm not really feeling it. You know, I never really, he never really resonated with me. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's kind of like giving oranges to a kid at Christmas these days. It just doesn't hit the same. You know what I mean? I feel like back in the day, it really like hit different to those folks that like, you know, wanted oranges for Christmas. I don't know where I was going with that analogy, but does that, does that make sense? <laughs> like, Explain it further. Versus like, so like, I would say uh, the Supermans of today are the PS5s. You know, these kids are clamoring for it. You know, back in the day, they were like, yes, oranges for Christmas. Um, and nuts <laughs> and stuff like that. And that, that's, Christopher, that's Christopher Reeve in a nutshell. He's a classic Christmas gift. <laughs> Justin, do you, wanna, um, do you, wanna, you have any questions? Do you have any follow-up questions for this? Nope, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more, literally, if I tried. So, uh, real quick, let's take a look at what's coming down the pipeline oh, here for the MCU. God. We've got WandaVision. We've got Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We've got Black Widow. We've got Shang-Chi. We've got Loki. What if? Hawkeye. Eternals. Spider-Man 3. I'm excited for the Eternals. Me too. If, if for nothing else, I feel horrible for uh, Kumel Nanjiani. He had to get super jacked and then had to maintain. Because they everything went on like a hiatus, and I'm like, that sucks for that guy. Yeah, right. Oh man, I don't know about you, but like potatoes would be so much of a of a thing. I'd be like, listen, you right? put you put CGI into effect to take guy's mustache off, so like you can like like rework some like eight pack situations for right. me, right? Like it's quarantine. Right? I had to eat fries. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm I'm very curious about the Eternals, or is it just Eternals now? I feel like the uh, I think changed. it's just just Eternals, yeah. Yeah, so I, I I feel like for me that one is the biggest question mark because I have no frame of reference into how big this is going to blow the world up because it almost feels like a lot of it feels like a lot of backstory and it feels like a different side, kind of like a thirty thousand feet view of what we've all known this whole time. But why? You know what I mean? Like that's the biggest question that I wanted to know first is that this movie why and why now you know what's it okay yeah no, that's a fair what point you, what are your what are, what are your thoughts i mean i think you could use that as a as a way to explore even more cosmic stuff because obviously the eternals um they fight some, they're pretty powerful unto themselves so 
I mean, we've seen some stuff in the cosmos, but I mean, I don't know, is this a Galactus situation? Is this, you know, I don't know, like, well, I, I, think- I, I don't know as much about the Eternals. I read one comic, and I was kind of like, yeah. meh, on the mall. I'm like, eh, whatever, it didn't really do much for me. Have you seen the artwork me. for it? I don't know it's if I have. the artwork they showed, they showed oh, this really cool image. I forget where it is. I'm pretty sure if you search for it, um, you'll find it because there's not that much out yet. But there's this image of like the sun and the earth and they're obviously very small. And then you have this like eternal um, or not eternal. I'm sorry. Uh, you have uh, one of the celestials like over the the sun and it's obviously eclipsing it by many times over. And just the scale at which they're talking about this world is that's what is kind of throwing me off like i it's kind of like put wrapping your arms around what a gajillion is you know or whatever real numbers <laughs> google google's a number <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> wrapping yeah. your arms around something that, like you can't really fathom so that's why i'm like i i can't really wrap my brain around the scope of what this world is going to bring in and what it could possibly blow it out to you know like you talk about your star wars theory about like what's happening in the galaxy over there you know maybe right. that's Maybe that's this, this is what they're doing. Yeah, I I guess yeah. Like, are the Eternals like physically that big, or can they be whatever they want to be? Like, can they bring themselves down to a more manageable size, or are I we think going? The Celestials can be that big because the Eternals the are cel- like the people. Yeah, so the Celestials are the big ones. So like in okay. uh, oh, I forget the names of them, but remember in Guardians of the Galaxy two where they showed like the big like Earth Crushers and Killers and stuff like that. Those are the Celestials. Okay. And then the Eternals are like the team of folks that are like people size, I think. Yes. Okay. That's correct. I'm going to have to do some reading on this because when Doug initially, when I first met Doug and we were initially starting to nerd out on the MCU stuff, Doug, do you remember I did a like a ridiculous deep dive into Wikipedia while we were at assignment desk Mm -hmm. and like got zero work done. Uh, But I read the entirety of Wikipedia about about the Marvel universe, more information than I get gathered in my entire schooling. Uh, like, and I'm talking like kindergarten through college. Um, and I, I remember reading about them, but like, it's just so much information. So overwhelming. I cannot remember anything specific about this group of people. Yeah. It's so complex. That is very impressive to me that you deep dive on just the Marvel universe. I but like to the point where I started getting like anxiety because I turned to Doug. I'm like, how does anyone jump into this shit? There's too much. There's too much. It's true. Yeah, There's and then definitely things like, like how that. It, it turns left in the MCU too, so it's like double the facts, not double the pleasure. <laughs> double the anxiety. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, it, there's a lot to cover, and I appreciate, and that's what also scares me a, a little bit about this stuff is they're like, hey. Let's expand this even more. It's like, because uh, I mean, once you head down the X-Men, I mean, that alone is a massive universe of stuff. You know, Spider-Man really exploring everything that goes on in Spider-Man's world. Um, you know, like you start un- opening the doors to the multiverse and everything else. Like it can get pretty complicated, but I am very impressed because if you read the synopsis of characters or plots and stuff you're like this is the most ridiculous shit i've ever seen but somehow they've been able to take these things like a guy who can throw a hammer and fly through the air on it they've made it enjoyable and right. seeming somewhat realistic dare i say uh you know in some way we're like i believe what's happening as opposed to like you read the comics you're like what the fuck is this this is there's a yeah. tree that talks like what the shit you know like <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, it really brings a new meaning to like the right drunk edit sober. I, I've, I've always wanted to know, like when they look at these comic books and be like, all right, this is what we wanted to do out of all this. We're going to take this part and we're going to throw it out the window. And we're going to say that part, and we're going to take it up to 11. You know yep. what I mean? Like, how do they do that? How do they storyboard stuff? Because right. they have to do this stuff years at a time. Yeah, right. That's, <clears> the, <throat> most, that's the most anxiety-ridden scenario I could ever imagine. I mean, truly, it's just like thinking years at a time like that. Yeah. Mm -mm -mm -mm. My, my big concern is that, uh, and when I say concern, very low stakes concerns here. Uh, we've got a lot of other things to worry about. But my concern, my consideration, if you will, for the MCU is that Feige and his team have done such a good job at keeping that thread running through everything and, and really making everything relate to each other and remembering these little bits of information. You pull them in later and everyone's done such a good job. But now we're exploding into television shows and many television shows. And now we're doing the Eternals and multiverses and we're going celestial and we're going to bring in potentially X-Men and the mutants, which is its own like sub universe. And at what point does it start to become too unmanageable? And then we, I'm worried that we're actually going to start seeing some cracks in the foundation because they're not going to be able to start to continue to tie these things together so seamlessly as they have uh, up to this point. Well, you yeah, know, they have to consult with probably the Oracle nerd at some point. You know, there's right. the there's the king, right? Right. And he's, they have to be like, all right, uh, let's get Shippy in here. Shippy, and he's like, comes in, like a, a couple of guys are holding him up as if he's pretending to be on a throne. He's like, yes. Yeah, let's, let's, he, yes. they wheel him in first. They off. wheel him in. That's right. They yeah. wheel him in. They're like, yeah. His legs don't work. You know, he ah, does it. And they're like, God damn it. We have to talk to Shippy. And and Shippy's like, what do you want to know? And they're like, all right, so the Eternals. Uh, and he just starts rambling shit off. Like, all right, cool. We'll just take this piece of the bit. You cannot just take those pieces. You must stick with this this particular through line. Cause then they just have to listen to this guy just like just barf all of his nerd knowledge on them. And they're like, God damn it. You know, because there, there has to be a guy out there, right? They have to consult with someone who knows this so well and is going to have heavy opinions on what they do. And they have to be like, mm, okay. And they just give them a, a sub sandwich and then wheel them out the door and be like, thanks, you know, and move on from there. Not going to lie. I feel like Pat Oswalt probably like volunteered her services for that. Without you know a doubt. What I mean? like, Without a doubt. <laughs> like he was yeah. on Parks and Rec. He was like, this is a smidgen of what you can expect. Um, I don't require payment. Just um, let me in on the storyboard. Maybe yeah. let me play a cartoon character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because unfortunately, you have to go to that level of detail, right? To to, to, to mine the source mm -hmm. material. And someone knows all that information. Just like, I mean, a little bit of inside baseball here. Uh, a few weeks back, Justin and myself and our producer, Slotty, we're trying to go through a throwdown and we we're doing a Star Wars one. We're trying to think of all these different creatures in the Star Wars universe and we were looking them up and we were trying to do something with a Wampa, right? One of those Wendigo like creatures from Empire yes. Strikes Back. And the amount of information that was put into a Wikipedia article on this thing about their mating habits, how long they live, their mm -hmm. diet, uh, their environments. Like it that was. Much it was upsetting. upsetting how much information the drawings like there was and this is a creature that has a screen time amounting to less than a minute and they're like and here's all i'm like 
oh it's upsetting it was I, I at one point i go do you guys realize what we're reading here to get information someone wrote this shit out and they, they, this it's like these are the planets that it's known to live on these are its mating cycles you know typically when it will mate is when i'm like who came up with this who why so much into this one goddamn creature that we barely see on the screen people people figure it out and those are the people that scare me <laughs> <laughs> that have a lot of time on their hands and they're like you know what priorities of like diet exercise in my own life not a priority i really need to think through what is happening with the womp wampa the wampa the character's name Correct. i don't wampa and uh really the mating habits and and the likely foot cadence um because that's important they go together uh so uh really i just need to devote time to this because that's where i my priorities lie today. I feel right. like people rationally say that to themselves. Yikes. To be fair, though, <laughs> Devil's Advocate, you did read it. You did read it, though. So yeah, and I was mad to their credit, that this information existed. I was so mad that this information existed because I'm like... Right, but Doug, it made you feel something. Yeah, yeah, disgust. Right. You know, absolute disgust. I don't like what's happening in the chat right now. People are now saying that uh, Elsa... No, they're saying Elsa from Frozen is a mutant. They're like, no, she's a Jedi. Oh, wait, she's Olaf is a, is a Sith. Elsa is a Sith, and she made Olaf, just like Palpatine made Anakin. Always two there are. You guys, you guys are just See, as this bad is what as someone's pretty. We leave them alone. <laughs> when we leave them alone, unattended, they, this, this shit breaks out. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, I will say that I, I don't think... Um, I was initially kind of like in the same camp of... Well, where are they going to – there's only so much they can heighten this because once you get to Galactus and then you get to, like, the the Living Tribunal and then the one above – like, there's only so high you can go. But uh, I the nice thing is, is to my previous point, kind of counter to that, is that there are so many that we have never probably even heard of that we would – they would show us a list of characters and be like, I know conservatively 20% of this list – like mm. they can pull for days from this and they succeeded with guardians of the galaxy relatively unknown. And they made them one of the most beloved pieces of this franchise. So I think they can, they can pull some real weird, you know, what is it? The squirrel girl. They, they've all been talking about, they're going to bring this character out and people are going to love yeah. her. Yeah. I distinctly remember having that conversation with you around rocket raccoon. Um, when that was kind of announced, I remember distinctly having that conversation like, how are they going to look real? They got to do what kind of effects like CG? Yeah, I mean, we were angry. We were like viscerally angry at the thought of this. And we were wrong. I had concerns. I had real concerns about that movie. I'm like, this might be the one that breaks that breaks the, the, the whole thing. But uh, mm -hmm. I was I was pleasantly surprised. And the tone in that movie, I didn't like at mm -hmm. first either. It took some. The James Gunn feel really? took, took a while for me to adapt to. Because when Guardians of the Galaxy came out, I everyone loved it. And I was kind of like, it's fine. But I didn't love it because it was so... It, it wasn't the tone that I was expecting. I was pissed at the trailer that they released. I remember Justin and I, you and I talked about this because we're like, what the fuck is this? You know? The, ah, bum, bum. I was yes. like, what the hell is this I, movie? I very much remember that where we're just like, all right, they don't know what they're doing on this one. Yeah. I was like yeah. this. I was expecting it to be because I'd seen so many images like of Star uh, Star Lord like in his thing, and like I'm like, oh, it's, this is gonna be like dark and whatever. <laughs> nope. And I think my expectations were off. But going back and rewatching it, actually, 
Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was one of Natalie's favorite movies for a long time, so I watched the shit out of that movie. Really got yeah. to like that one a lot. I was like, man, the themes in this one are pretty intense. Like, really See, I need to go impressive. back and watch that one. Because I always thought Guardians 2 was the weaker of the two, but I know a lot of people are like, that one's far superior to the first one. I kind of like it more than the first one. Uh, though I do like the first one because you get to see Thanos for the first time on screen, you know, interacting with Ronan, and that's a beautiful scene whenever that happens. But I like Ego and, you know, the idea of family and all that sort of stuff is pretty cool, you know, with Gamora and uh, Nebula and all that sort of stuff. It's it's pretty awesome. It's pretty cool. I love what's going on with uh, Jesus. I can't remember anyone's name tonight. The blue guy with the mohawk. Yondu. You know, yeah, Yondu and Quill, like, there's just, there's a lot of good stuff happening in that, in that movie. It, it gets, it definitely deserves the love. Deserves the love. Can I ask a uh, potentially left turn question? Do you feel like your enjoyment of that movie was from watching Natalie enjoy that movie so much? No, because I watched it so many times with her that I just like... And I didn't like zone out. I'm like, I'll just watch it because she wants to watch it. And I just started like picking up on a lot of different things that I normally didn't see. Like upon, and the thing was, it also didn't get annoying to me. Normally some of the movies she wants to watch, I'm like, no, we're not doing that. You can watch that on your own, but not when I'm in the room. When I'm in the room, we're going to watch something at least neutral that we can both watch. But I'm not like, like, I don't like Frozen. I think that movie kind of sucks. Um, I don't like it. Uh, you know, a lot of people are like, ah, oh, you know, it's it subverts what you think, you know, about love and yada yada. And I was like, nah, this one's not for me. It's not my movie. I don't Doug enjoy runs it. A tight ship over there. No, I mean, Natalie wants Very to watch high it. If she's watching, I'm pulling out my phone and watching a different movie. You know, I'm like, hey, let's watch Aliens. You know, like I'm just not in the mood for for Frozen. It just it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't work for me at all. Doug, I, Doug, Doug. <sighs> Slotty says, Doug, Doug, let it go. Uh huh. Is that what he says? <laughs> is that funny? Is that that's great? I mean, it was right there. It yeah. was right there. So wait, are you saying? And this is go thank ahead. You, are do you it. saying that you hate Frozen? I do. Stuff is stupid. Stuff is dumb. Doug hates stuff. Doug hates stuff. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love so it. Everyone's go every, everyone's claiming they're like play the thing. Doug hates stuff. <laughs> gonna go number one on title i love it it's true i didn't realize it the first time like justin played that for the first time like two weeks ago and about lost my shit he's like i got something special i made for you (laughs) it's like only if it comes up am i gonna play it and he did it i about lost my mind it was so good and then as i was doing this i looked at the chat i'm like ah shit i walked into this one again (laughs) it's just i think it's telling how many things you hate okay the fact that I had to, not wanted to, was forced to make a theme song for it. That's, that's, that's fair. Volumes. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so there's a like Justin, you mentioned there's a lot of TV stuff coming down the pipeline for the MCU, yeah. and on top of that, there's a lot of other TV that's coming down, and these budgets for these shows are ridiculous. Like super duper ridiculous and uh i want to see if drew was still in here nope drew left um <laughs> he That's, was not around it's probably that good that's not surprising he couldn't me. take the frozen talk the frozen <laughs> talk was where he drew the line. he hates superhero <laughs> movies so as soon as we started talking mcu i'm sure he bounced really? on out and he's like nope i'm out um but uh we were just talking in our pre-production meeting about how the lord of the rings tv show 
that's being produced on Amazon oh. is slated at $25 million an episode. It costs them a billion dollars. That's their budget, a billion dollars to make this show. And, you know, Justin has strong feelings about budgets of this size. He thinks they should be more. Justin, tell us more about that. I mean, if you're not spending $4 billion per season, what are we even doing? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> No, uh, I I think it is absurd to spend that much money on a television show. Absolutely bonkers absurd. And I think it sets a very dangerous precedent for uh, these types of shows moving forward. Um, there's, there's I, I just don't see a reason uh, for spending that kind of money. Um, there, there's... There's so many different directions we could take this conversation. Jamie, what are your thoughts? This will inform where I go. <laughs> um, I I honestly believe the same. And my feeling that it's driven not by producing a good story. So I read the same article where it talked about uh, The Crown, for instance. They put like, I don't know, like 30, 50 grand, something like that. Something crazy into recreating a wedding dress, which in the scene was really a couple of minutes. So I, I'm just thinking of like, what kind of sustainability does that really allow for? And I think that was on that's on Netflix, right? Crown, the Crown yeah. is on Netflix. Netflix has gone through and just, I mean, decimated. Literally had a culling of shows. Um, Glow being one of them that I think was just absolutely insane to cancel. Yeah. And I feel like that's the kind of that's the kind of repercussions is that we we see this devotion to nuance, but at what cost? You know, shows that really kind of drive forward in a very different way. Was but. that why Netflix went and hacked so many of their shows? Was because of bloated budgets for stuff like The Crown? I never I put mean, that I together. It, I think it's a number of things, but I can't. I can't think that they're not one and the same. I don't think yeah. they're mutually exclusive. I've heard Netflix is pretty brutal with their shows in that you, unless I think they look more for like hype around a show. Like if there's. It can't just be like good. It's got to get a buzz. And right. oftentimes they don't go past a second season because it's almost like in that world, it's almost like syndication in that once you hit that third season, there's a lot of contractual stuff where there's more money that can be made. And usually they're just like, cut it. If it doesn't meet this criteria, still, they cut them loose. Yeah, but even still, Glow was going into a fourth season, I want to say something like that. But yeah. then they cut a ton of shows that were only one seasoners. And I think it's like, well, what's the point? You've assembled all of these people. I understand from like COVID reasons and maybe contractually to reschedule, to push a show, but to complete that completely like take it off and cancel it. I think that's where I'm like, I don't want to see a big budget show. Maybe I want to have a small intimate show to, I don't know, break up the fact that I don't want to see bombs every two seconds or, you know, these over the top, you know, scenes. I, I feel like that's just going to lead to the era where we lose indie movies, where we're losing shows that are about substance rather than, you know, explosions and Michael Bay moments. You know, I just, I'm sorry, I'm getting a little heated, but are I you, like are you, uh, are you continue, continue. <laughs> I feel like yes. you are a piece of Justin's soul that came out of his chest and is here to talk <laughs> and speak because this is exactly what he was talking about last night. I'm so happy right now. <laughs> I just, I feel like shows like Lord of the Rings, um, Amazon, right? Shows like The Boys, which I'm surprised it's not on that list. Um, all of these different ones, uh, Mandalorian, I honestly feel like that show was entirely started from the sentence of, okay, we have a piece of merchandise. What can we build a show around it? 
They just wanted to think about this. How many, how many Mandalorians, how many Mando things have you seen versus how many Baby Yoda things have you seen? Right? Like it's, uh-huh. it's, it's literally a vehicle to sell merchandise. I mean, maybe it might have good yeah. substance, but like at what cost? <laughs> have you watched The Mandalorian at all? Not season two, but season one, yes. Yeah, I, I'm going to hot take here. I think Mandalorian is okay. It's okay. Like, I uh, I get texts from uh, friends who are big Star Wars fans. They're like, oh, my God, did you see the episode? I'm like, yeah, it was fine. Like, things happened. Um, it's it's okay. I keep watching it. I enjoy it. But I'm not in love with it in any way, shape, or form. And I've fallen out of love right. with Star Wars for a little bit now. But I just watch it, and I just, like, I don't. Part of it is, like, well, did you watch the Clone Wars? I'm like, I didn't. They're like, oh, well, then you wouldn't understand the Darksaber. I'm like, No. I can't get through the Clone Wars. Yeah. I tried multiple times. Season one kills me every time. Like this is DC's for babies. Like I can't, can't do it. I just can't do it. <laughs> and uh, people are like, "All right, if you want to get the best out of it, here's the thing you need to watch." And they tell you like twelve episodes to watch over six seasons to get the gist. I was like, "That's a flawed show, in my opinion." If that's the case, <laughs> you, have, you have to be like, "You gotta suffer through this to then right. get to these two, and then this season, this one." And then I'm like, "I don't." Nah, I can't do it. I just can't do it. I don't want to watch Anakin get all shitty with R3-D4 because it won't do what R2 does. And then it turns out R3-D4 was actually a plant from uh, General Grievous to lead them astray so they could possibly capture him. But they see through it because they're Jedi. I don't like it. It's not good. I know it gets cool. I know Obi-Wan's in it. I know Darth Maul's in it. At one point, Obi-Wan and Darth Maul fight. Obi-Wan kills him. It's like there's some cool moments, but I'm like, I can't get through all six seasons. Like I the my uh my Star Wars boner has faded. It's become flaccid. Mm. So it's just whatever. I don't have a sound so effect for that. You have have sad trombone, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And I I mean, listen, I don't want to poo poo things, but I feel like at at what point do we take a look back and say, what are we creating? You know what I mean? That's, that's gotta be what the basis is. Like we're gotta be putting content out there. There's so many outlets for content. Content needs to be worth it. You know what I mean? It it can't be, to me, it's starting to feel like it has an ulterior motive because it is so costly. They're starting to like, I don't know. They're starting to stretch the other ways in which we kind of give up the reason why we're watching these shows. Yeah. I, I, I think as I was listening to you explain your thoughts on that. I think I finally was able to kind of have my epiphany of, I've been having a hard time, like really locking in my, my argument on this. And I think you got me there. So I think what, what it is, is that the movie industry, we saw the mid budget to the low to mid budget film die because of things like the MCU. This is the only the only place where Drew and I line up on the NCU is I will 100% agree that that helped to drive the nail in the coffin of the small to mid budget movie. And like the, like the, uh, the character driven heartfelt story driven movie and not like a big set piece movie. Um, those got to go to um, places like AMC where you had like breaking bads and you had some of your, your more, you know, intense dramas, HBO and then the streaming services started to pick those up. And that's where those live. They just basically got chunked up into 
smaller episodes. They took one movie idea and they chunked it up into episodes. And that's where you got to tell those stories <clears throat> with these, with these shows now doing $25 million budgets per episode and $1 billion over five seasons or whatever it is. Space is going to quickly become what Hollywood became. It's going to push those more uh, story focused stories it's going to push them out of that platform. And so then where do they go? There's not another platform that exists for those to then go to. So basically the bloated movies that changed Hollywood are now going to start to change the streaming services. And I think that's where my concern is very similar to you is that there's not another platform. There's not another area for these stories to go because all the people are going to want now is these giant set piece things that have explosions and CG and armies and massive amounts of yada, 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 you know, and that's just at some point, where's the heart? Mm -hmm. I mean, like we needed another thing to fuel the Amazon machine. That's right. a talk for another day, but I feel like, I feel like, um, I do love the boys so much mm. that it, it is hard to see them. See, I, I'm a huge, oh man, this last season was so good. Um, mm -hmm. but then I look at shows like Lord of the Rings and it's like, this story has been told. Why are you telling it again? And why make this five-year commitment to it? I mean, I feel like we only just came out of, we only just came out of Game of Thrones. We only just came out of Lord of the Rings, really, in this kind of generation who's very familiar with Lord of the Rings. I mean, I still grew up with the cartoons that they gave me nightmares, but like I grew up with the cartoon movies. Like, does this story need to be retold? That's why I was kind of excited to see The Witcher because yes. it was such a it was such a new direction, even though they didn't really follow the books from what I what I understand with like his disabilities and like injuries and stuff like that. But it's it's a story that we haven't heard that can kind of fuel that love for fantasy and it's suspenseful because we don't know. We don't know these characters. We're we're clinging to it because we want to get to know them. It's new. I feel like people are going to be watching this show to see what's new about the previous story, which it's Peter Jackson. Why? And it's, I mean, historically one of the most, like, what was it? Like highest grossing movies, uh, at least top 10. Some of them. Yeah, it's up there. I mean, it won a shitload of awards, you know, just for yeah, its yeah. sheer ability. And I think, Part of the, the yeah. itself pulled in almost three billion. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. But I, I'm with you on that one, Jamie. It's that like, what is it? It's a prequel. Great. Uh, so we get to learn what how Sauron became an asshole. We get to learn about how the elves lived in Rivendell or found like. Who cares? Like, I don't. I typically don't like prequels because is this a Riverdale crossover. Oh yeah, Riverdale. Ooh, uh, there's gonna be a musical episode though. That's exciting. Nice. Um, it's just, it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't, I, I, I already know what happens. Sauron loses. Oh, we get to see him craft the ring. Okay. Well, we know the ring ends up at Mount Doom. So it's, it, it, it loses all that. The article made a really good point too, is they have a five-year commitment, billion dollars, right? If this right. goes south in the first season, then what? Right. You know, like, I mean, I think about like all the people that are going to have to be assembled to produce that show, all of the sets, all of the costumes all of the, the different kinds of fight choreography they're going to go into with the extras all these different people are going to be assembled and if it doesn't pan out the way they want then what yeah right and like it was 250 million just for the rights like to get God. it like uh, a... that's the price of a john carter yeah <laughs> everyone's beloved film right right 
You could have made another John Carter for that price. Yeah, it was. Don't make another John Carter. Yeah, no. Uh, I'm with you. Like, <laughs> I appreciate the boys, which, by the way, uh, y'all maybe don't know this, but Jamie and I used to work together, and one of the Christmas gifts I gave her was uh, volume one of the boys, which maybe not the best, most work-appropriate uh, gift to give somebody. <laughs> I opened the, it at home. Especially when the uh, when the the back cover shows someone's face getting smashed in by a boot and there's blood going everywhere. I'm like, hey, hey Merry Christmas! You know, like that was a little tone deaf. Is this on that season? One. Yeah, I was I like, do this owe is... so much of my graphic no- uh, graphic uh, novel knowledge to Doug Cochran. So for that, I thank you. In many ways, truly, you you lent me so many good. Uh, good graphic novels uh, over the course and I've seen them, you know, come to fruition, which is cool. But uh, yeah, that first one, that was a doozy. It was really like throwing me in the deep end. Did you end up? <laughs> did not know what to expect. Did you end up reading any of the other ones by chance? Um, I have the second one. I haven't finished it. I started on Lock and Key, which it was oh. bad. That's another show that I was just like, what happened? That show <laughs> sucks, but that that comic is phenomenal. Like I tore through that. And I fell in love with that. And when I heard they were making a show, I was like, yay. I didn't even finish it. Like, I stopped after three or four episodes. I was like, fuck this show. Bored. I was like, oh, yeah. this is terrible. They're making all the wrong decisions. It's it's no good. I don't like it. Um, yeah, that's, yeah. I, I Another one that Justin and I haven't talked about, that if you ever want to check it out, 100 Bullets. Also very 100 good. 100 Bullets. Yes. I haven't heard that one. Very to good. To me, locking fell victim to the same thing that League of Extraordinary Gentlemen did. Like <laughs> for a very different reason. Like it was executed so poorly, but now it probably will never be revisited for at least another generation. Which is so sad because it's such a cool, like rich uh series. Yeah. It's amazing. That's the one. So if you talk about like new stories out there, ideally I would love to see that reimagined and done well. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, Lock and Key is such a phenomenal, again, written by Stephen King's son, Joe Hill. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's got all, it's it's a coming of age, like, story, which I find I I tend to enjoy those quite a bit. Like, It, great. Um, you know, Stranger Things. Like, I tend to, for some reason, I those, those kinds of stories in that setting um, really seem to, I don't know, it's nostalgia maybe. Um, I think it's something we can all connect with or the idea of feeling like an outcast at some point in time and just trying to survive all that sort of stuff while wild shit's happening. You know, it's kind of a, I don't know, this, that, that that formula works for me. I'm like, I approve this, of this, of this story. I'm okay with it. There's a, there's another show that's coming out that they, I, I think if I'm not mistaken, the budget was around 35 million per episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, I know, like it's getting to the point. And I, if I remember correctly, the name of the episode or the, uh, the name of the show was called. Welcome to the throwdown. Wow, yeah. I did not see that coming. They right? never do. <laughs> they never the 35 do. Million, that guy gladly that way. I'd gladly split that 35 million with him. <laughs> um, so today's throwdown, it's a fun one. We're going to go right back. We're going to jump right back into the MCU for today's throwdown. You ready, Douglas? I'm ready. Today's throwdown is Scarlet Witch versus Loki. Ah. 
That was a long one. I feel one. like that's what Loki did in his pants when he heard about the throwdown with right? Witch. Right? <laughs> so it sounds like you oh, already have some thoughts. Should I make my opinion thoughts. louder? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Go ahead. Tell us Tell us your thoughts. Tell us your thoughts on it this. Up. So I have two schools of thought. So uh, Scarlet Witch obviously would trounce Loki. And my thought is that her powers... Either way you shake it, whether she was born with them and she has these like cosmic powers or she has these powers from uh, from one of the power stones, I feel, uh, not power stones, but the, um, oh my God, what what kind of stones are they? The, uh, ah, Infinity ooh, stones. Infinity stones. Wow. Oof, it's been a long time apparently since that movie came out and it's just not in my brain anymore. Infinity stones. Um, so I feel like whether you shake it one way or another, she has the kind of power to change realities and alter realities on such a different level than Loki does. His is going to be more illusion-based. He's got magic power. He can obviously shapeshift, but it feels very um, transient, right? It's not going to last forever. And at a certain level, it's a house of cards, right? So I feel like right. that's one school of thought where she's got these powers that can go multitude of different ways past like the hex magic she's like all the way into like reality bending magic and his is more illusion based the other side of that is i don't think we've seen an instance where we see if she's physically infallible you know what i mean because loki time after time after time yes he can take a beating but he doesn't really die he's pretty much uh indestructible as far as i've as I've read, right? I mean, like, that's the thing that kind of keeps me is like, I feel like she could beat the shit out of him. Or can she Un kill him? Until Thanos. So far as we know, Justin, True. we don't know. True. Oh, he did. No. The Russo's uh, confirmed he's dead. I can't believe it until I see it. I don't know. I did see it, but like, I like I didn't like actually. What do you want to like exhume the body or what? <laughs> Show me the receipts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because, yes, I mean, like, maybe he had his neck broken in the MCU. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I still don't. I don't know that I believe that yet. <laughs> but in either way, either way, Scarlet Witch is uh, definitely my my vote. Well, I think the <laughs> under powers and abilities, when you look her up, like, it's she, <laughs> she says uh, later she learned she was destined to serve as the role of Nexus being a living focal point for the earth dimensions, mystical energy. I'd say it's pretty fucking powerful nerd. Like <laughs> right there. Yeah. I think she can even withstand like the Phoenix force too. So it's like, not only is she the conduit for all of this power, but she can withstand a hell of a lot of power from pretty yeah. much every angle. Phoenix force sounds like a right wing militia up in Michigan. Fuck it does. God damn it. Let's check Facebook. Let's check it. <laughs> no, don't do that because that'll change the algorithm. You'll only get served that shit. I always wonder, like, when those algorithm things happen, like, is there a way to affect the algorithm back? Like, if you look up, uh, like, Phoenix Force in Michigan and, you know, check up that stuff, can you, like, force the algorithm to start showing them, I don't know, like, uh, like different memes from Among Us and shit like that where there's, like, what is this, you know? <laughs> They have no idea what they're seeing, but it's I like understand. controlling the algorithm. I like it. I, um, anything we can do to infuriate them, I would love to be part of. So let's figure that out. 
I'll say this much. Listeners, tell us. I'll say this much about the throwdown, and I agree, Slotty said this. Loki has basically one shot. He has one shot to trick her and essentially get her. Uh, Other than that, he's screwed because, I mean, the fact that in the movie, uh, Scarlet Witch is taking apart Thanos by herself, like easily just dismantling him. And I think the Russos said that if Thanos had not called down his missiles and rained fire, that she would have destroyed him. Like, she had the full capability to do that. And uh, I think you do that with with Loki, unless Loki can trick her. uh, I'd say he has a better shot of killing her in the movie universe than he does in the comic book universe. In the comic book universe, I don't think he has a shot. I think her her abilities are just too phenomenal. But I feel like... Because she is, she is, she's fully aware of her powers, but I feel like in the movie universe, Loki would have more of an ability to confuse her, and because she has never faced anything like Loki before, because you gotta learn, you gotta remember, she's being taught by, like, Cap and Black Widow and stuff on how to be an Avenger, and, you know, she's, she's like, you do know I can move things with my mind, right? And so, like, she can do that sort of stuff. But to to face with someone like the, the I know it's great uh, to be faced with at least of the first movie she was in exactly because then you know <laughs> people always bitch about they're like what happened to her accent I love the explanation was like well they were teaching her to be a spy and they right. so you have to blend in so you're gonna lose your you, they taught her how to hide her accent um, but I think um, in that universe she never seen anything like Loki she never dealt anything like Loki so I think Loki actually would have a uh, distinct advantage at messing with her um, and potentially killing her. But if it's comic book, no way, man. I mean, the thing is, though, too, if she gets, if she, even if she wanted to toy with him, though, like she could do the the whisper thing that she did to all of the guy, all the, um, when they were in, were they in Wakanda at that time? That was uh, in, in Ultron, yeah. Or, no, yeah. They, were, they were in South Africa. Okay, yeah. But like, definitely... When that that wasn't Ultron, was it? Yeah, that's when she was. It's that's I, that's when you were introduced to her. Oh yeah, that was yeah. So I'm saying like like Loki would have some fucked up nightmares. So she could, I think she could get in his head just as equally as he could get into hers. If she could do, get into his head, is the question because if right. she... can I tell you, you bring up a really good point though. Like emotionally, she's I feel like so much more of a of a random. Uh, card to play because emotionally she's all over the place like she's so especially in the mcu like she's so unstable it kind of makes her even more dangerous though because loki he's been manipulative and like maniacal and um kind of a a sadistic planner for his entire life you know Mm. it's just lately he was kind of turned into an evil player in the movies but i feel like she is also dealing with such an erratic rage that also kind of goes to her credit as to like she could really unleash that shit and decimate without a moment's notice. Well, yeah, like when her when her brother died and she just mm-hmm. lost her shit and just started tearing. She's like, I don't need anyone else. I got this shit. Ah! And like, yeah. if she channels that, it's game over. Yeah, I'd say this much: if you were to run a simulation a hundred times, I think Scarlet Witch would win eighty percent of the time. I'd give I her 80, 80 plus, yeah. I, I'd say, yeah. I, 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 she's favored to win the election, is what we're saying. <laughs> She'd win the popular vote. She'd win the popular vote. As yeah. well as the electoral. Got it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Cool. 
Yeah. So we're, we're saying, saying then we're we're calling it. This is yes. it right here. All yes. right. Scarlet Witch for the win. I really want to know how many more weeks uh, before my neighbors, which this is their bedroom wall, get really pissed <laughs> off at me and couldn't say something. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. Every this is what they think you're doing. That's true. They just hear me scream out random superheroes every Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> He's what? Like, what? for the win. He's I like, guess he's done. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They really, they really keep it fresh. Those two. I don't know. Yeah, right. Yeah, they, they know <laughs> the what they're doing. The closet must be so full. Right. All right. So many costumes. They're Her like, man, these are some cool cosplayers, man. I want to, I want to get to know them. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was absolutely delightful, Jamie. Thank you so much. This was so much fun and so insightful. Yeah, I had a blast, uh, as always. This is uh, so fun. Thank you for letting me um, kind of word vomit my way through my thoughts uh, and entertain. You've my, been on this podcast before. We should also, our, our subtitle should be called Mind Gap, Word Vomit. Like, that's that's what we do. That's Aww. how we roll. Yay, I affected a title. I love it. Because <laughs> sometimes, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, man, I hope I make a good splash. And then to make it onto the title, that ah, feels good. That's amazing. So this is the part of the show where we do uh, recommendations or if you've got anything you want to promote or if you want people to, you know, you want to shout out your socials. If you want to recommend a book, a movie, a TV show, a piece of music, whatever, uh, the floor is yours. Uh, Let us know your thoughts. Thank you so much. I feel like we shouted out so many TV shows and uh, so many things. I feel like the, the book that I would suggest is from... Uh, well, it, it started by itself, but I started watching Killing Eve and uh, I think it's two seasons, three seasons now that it's out, um, but the books are phenomenal. So if I can recommend something, definitely take a, a break from a screen and, and pick up that one of those books, ideally from a local bookstore, if uh, your resources allow for it. Um, yeah, that's a great one. Um, and really anything James Baldwin is, uh, is good stuff, good soul filling stuff to read these days. For sure. Um, uh, performing? Uh, please, uh, on Friday, check out the Quarantine Files. Uh, we're on YouTube uh, and all of our social. And I'll be blasting it on my social. I'm really only on on Instagram. I'm not. I have a Facebook. It's it's not really something I do actively. But uh, I'm not on the Twitters uh, either. Um, but Instagram, I am Jameson La Yeah. People ask me if it's Leia and I, if I've misspelled it, and I promise I know how to spell uh, Leia. But that's not it. <laughs> um, but yeah, feel free to follow me. I don't really post exciting stuff. Um, but, you know, always need a new friend uh, in these quarantine times. Uh, and uh, go go, go tell a, an older person that you're thinking about them. That's uh, something I am challenging myself to do these days. Uh, it's like um, this new, I forget the name of it. I will tell you later to maybe put it in the description. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of funds out there to like, help people in, in, uh, older care homes and, um, you know, they need some love because they don't can't get visitors. So sending cards to them or, or anything like that is a good thing to do to kind of make yourself feel fun and break it up with some crafts. That's awesome. Day. That's so that. cool. By the way, uh, Slotty says Jamie's hot takes were made for Twitter. So you should think about hopping on Twitter. Oh man. Uh, I'll- 
I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, what do you got to recommend? Uh, I'm still b- burning through New Girl. I think it's such a funny fucking show. It's on Netflix, oh. so um, go check out New Girl. And then, as far as movies goes, uh, Zodiac, I thought, uh, starring Iron Man, the Hulk, and uh, Mysterio. Um, I think uh, it was a good movie. I would say check it out. It's also on Netflix. Nice. Is that David Fincher? Yes, uh, it is. David yeah. Fincher yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I also I also have a uh, a deep cut. Uh, I just as Natalie's been watching some what I consider to be annoying TV shows, I start watching my own movies. I've just been going through my catalog, and I flipped on uh, Man on Fire, uh, the 2004 version starring Denzel Washington and Dakota Fanning. Uh, phenomenal film. If you want to watch Denzel Washington just whoop wholesale ass, um, it's great. It's directed by Tony Scott, uh, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's phenomenal. It's just I love. This is one of my favorite, like Christopher Walken's in it. You know, it's it's uh, Denzel's, you know, basically what happens is uh, he's being a bodyguard uh, to Dakota Fanning. She gets captured and he goes on a murderous rampage uh, because she made him feel again. And it was great. It's a wonderful movie. Uh, highly recommend it. It's on FX a lot, too. So you can always just watch it on there if you're watching. <laughs> I don't know. I bought it because I like it. Anyway, uh, gang, don't forget. To, oh, I'm sorry. What? You got, do you want to talk about Man on Fire? Oh, I said nice. Oh, I thought you were like, oh yeah, I have, I have a hot take. Like, let's hear it. <laughs> no, no, I'm out of those. I also decided against Twitter, just in the meantime. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> not for me. <laughs> you know what? No, I thought about it. No, I'm not going to do it. Uh, I did gang. consider it. Good. I'm glad. That's all that matters. A little consideration is all that we need sometimes. There <laughs> you go. Uh, gang, don't forget to follow us on all our social medias uh, at MindGap Podcast. Don't forget to check us out. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Smash that subscribe button. That's what everyone says, right? Ugh, feels gross just saying that. Uh, but we post our full episodes on YouTube as well as highlights from that. Don't forget to follow us on our Discord channel. And also, if you're hanging out on Twitch, like us, uh, follow us. Set that bell to let you know when we're going online because we go online Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Central to record the podcast and Saturdays, 8 p.m. Central to do our video game stream. So come check us out there. Also, don't forget to follow Justin on the online realm as well. On Instagram and Twitter at Justin underscore Michael, spelled M-I-K-E-L. It's the fun way of spelling it. You can check out all my hot takes on those social medias. And then while you're in the online realm, check us out on Spotify. On Google Podcast, on uh, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, uh, Podbean, all the podcast services. Um, yes, smash that subscribe button like a like a strap on smashes Doug every third Saturday is what Slotty says. Thanks, Slotty. I think that's a robot joke. Mm-hmm. Anyway, probably. Um, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Rate us, review us, all those things. Um, and then. Uh, 2east8th.com slash mindgap and 2east8th. Just check out all the social medias and we've got the quarantine files coming out Friday. uh, Episode 7. Gonna be a good one. Yeah, I can't wait. Gonna be a good one. Gonna be so good. Uh, Jamie, thank you so much again for hanging out with us. This has been wonderful. Yeah, I had a blast. Thanks very much for having me. Awesome. Justin, thank you. Douglas, thank you. Uh, Twitch, thank you. And listeners, as always, thank you. And you all have a dandy fucking week. Mind Gap Podcast.